0: Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, A.L. Newton, and you're tuned in to another episode of A New Perspective. I'm so glad that you uh, found time in your week or started your week off with the old perspective. Hey, listen, you will hear booms and pops in the background. It is the 4th of July. For all of its trouble and all of its hell and all of its uh, rightness and all of its racism, it's still America and it's still the greatest country in the world. So happy birthday, America. I am uh, recording remotely again I've been on the road a lot this month, these past few weeks, uh, from Orlando here for the General Conference of the African Methodist Episcopal Church, so I'm here from this Sunday to next Sunday, but that's not here with you all the four. Uh, Tonight, on the perspective, I have a friend, a brother, um, someone that I I love like he is my brother, um, that I have known for the better part of 20 years. Um, We have fought, we have fussed, we have coached. We have partied, we have had serious conversations. I've watched him uh, become a father. I've watched him mature in a lot of ways. He is my good friend, Ryan Bell. Tell the people, hello.
1: Well, hello, hello, people. It's Ryan Bell, man, glad to be on today.
0: And uh, so I think we're we're in for a good one um, here on The Perspective. So normally I start people off with a softball but I'm not going to start you off with a softball. I'm going to end on a softball uh, tonight. I want to start off here. So Ryan now have there, there's a Ryan rule now with my phone. Because uh, normally if Ryan calls me before 8 o'clock in the morning, it's simply bad news. Um, going back to high school, um, one of my best friends, one of my closest brothers, Matt Barry, um, died in a car wreck. Ryan was the first person. Uh, that I saw he was one of the first people to break it to me. He is one of four people who saw me cry and grieve that loss, which is significant um, in my life. And from there, um, he has endured. We have shared um, friendships here, but he has, you have endured a lot of loss. Um, when it comes to friends, there's uh, Matt, there's Junebug, there's Pants, um, there's TC, there's Cam. And when people ask me for examples of mental toughness, I believe it or not, I, I give them you as an example because you've endured so much loss as a, as a man, as a Black man, um, and you're still standing. So walk me through those processes because you have seen more than your fair share of, of losses of, of other Black men that you love like your brother's.
1: Well, first all, I'm going to say rest in peace to all those young men, man. I lost, like you said, I lost brothers, you know. I lost Mike Berry, our senior year in high school, and he was right in front of my house. So, you know, that right there traumatized me for a lot, you know, seeing a friend that you grew up with, you played football with in the car, and it's, it's nothing you can do. Um, Man, and that right there... It opened my eyes up even more as a black man, just, you know, and seeing the way that young kids live their life today. Like, I try to I try to tell them, like, man, there's so much to life than what you're doing. And then, you know, I lost June, like I say, 2012. You know, it's a bad situation that he it put himself in. And, you know, I lost him. He lost him to a gunshot wound to the back of the head. Best friend, you know, you stay there how I kid at my mama's house. I went to his house. He took his mama said, You stay here till you go back home. You know, and then they pull up on, on Washington Street, him laid face down with the sheet covered, you know, traumatized all over again. So the next thing you know, man Pants became best friends, you know. Pants was the manager of the basketball team. I remember, I remember Pants when well, he was fat, so if you don't know Pants by Curtis or Montre, I don't say you his real friend. Cause I remember Pans when, Pans, the only thing Pans wanna do was follow the basketball team around. And this thing no lost them to a gunshot. So I try to, you know, it's hard, you know, to see like everybody I get close to go. I tell my mom all the time, I don't got no homeboys, like no friends. Like she said, where your friends are? I try to say I don't got friends but just because I don't want the next person that I'm so close to lose their life. Like, I feel like it's meant for, it meant for a person that is that close to me to go. I don't understand why, you know. People say don't question God, but I I question him because he the only one can give me the answer. You know, so next day, you know I'm close with Cam. Man, Cam, we rocking and rolling day and night. Lost his life that hurt me, that broke, that really broke me down. You know, that that, that chewed me, chewed me up. But all the losses, that really, that done it for me. Like, just in how how you act, how you go about stuff, you know. I try to live every day right from that day forward because, you know, you never know when's your time to go. And it's my boy TC, but believe it or not, TC should call me, I'll call TC, TC will call me at least 10 times a day. And we're going to talk about football, you know, and TC was like a big brother. When I I took all them losses, TC was like a real big brother to me. Like, you know, everybody need that big brother. They can call for advice, call about stuff, just to talk. He was that guy. And, you know, losing him, that hurt me. I think I went out to his mom's house just about every day since it happened about a week straight, you know, just talking with his sister, talking to his brother, you know, because they family. At the end of the day, the the Taylor family, they family to me. And I don't pray none of that on nobody to lose somebody close to him. You know, I know we all got an expiration date, but at at the same time, I don't pray that on anybody to lose four or five friends currently, like just back to back, you know, that's, that's something hard to hard just hard to stand on but I'm making it you know everything happened for a reason I still think about all those guys every day about anything that we didn't did me and Matt had plenty of days after school I ain't gonna go into details on that I still think about that you know so when anybody out there that just wondering why stuff happening just you know just question God, you know He can give you the answers. You know, don't listen like everybody said. Don't you don't pose a question, to God? Question Him. He gonna He gonna answer your answer. It might not come when you wanted to, but He gonna He gonna answer it. You know, so that's just you know. I think back
0: and all of those. Um, first, that basketball team pants, Cam and Shavar, the Rest of our people are RFP there. But that's yeah. that's all in, all in one setting. I remember when Matt died, um, when Matt died, you and I looked at each other and we left school with big Al, Al Nelson, shout out to Coach, and uh, we went over to his mama's house. And I never forget Donnie Harrison, and normally I don't call names, but he knows not to speak to me in real life because he suspended me for leaving to go to Matt's house and be with his mom. Um, and then looked at me, wouldn't let me MC the pet rally. He said, "You could either not MC the pet rally, or not play in the game." Said, well, hell, I ain't gonna play no way. That game you lost, by the way, uh, to live oak. <laughs> but I ain't gonna say nothing. Um, and I was like, are, "Are you serious here?" And then he then went back and told Coach Green to not let me dress out. Coach let me dress out anyway. Um, and even even at the Shabar service, because we <laughs> our classmate group, our class is, is pretty tight, but the black classmates. Uh, talk all the time, and we're petty, and that's really birthed uh, our group chat there, and we clown the entire time, uh, and you said something to me, you told me that whenever the time goes to uh, make sure I tell your story right. I sure did. So, um, but I want to make sure we, 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 we'll be old men when we do that. Speaking of high school, you know, you owe me a faith. I owe you a faith. I want to take you back. I want to take you back to grad night. And tell and tell the people this story. So, grad Knight, me, you, Coker, Bailey, it was somebody else, and we walk up on this group of uh, of females. You remember this story?
1: I definitely remember it. I definitely remember it.
0: So we walk up, we flirting, and we doing whatever, whatever. We we're in the we're in the mix, and so the girl wanted to take a picture with me, okay, and. <laughs> She wanted to take a picture with me. I think I appreciate I got a picture with now. And somebody on this line, not named Anthony, got any feelings about it. And slapped me in the middle of
1: Disney World. What the hell were you thinking? Well, first off, the girl did not want to take a picture with you. Who she got a picture with? It was four girls, and I took a picture with three of them. You came in. It was on my camera. On the
0: block. I didn't want to take a picture with you on my
1: camera. And I got the picture. I got proof. You got the picture because you, you got the picture for me. And you you was there with your old lady anyway. I ain't gonna I'm say old lady. old lady. Oh, I said ain't
0: you a my old lady? I was single.
1: Uh-uh. And you want to jump in my picture. And, and, and got- in the heat of the moment, you caught the you caught the hell bell of 2008. I always want to fight.
0: The only reason I didn't beat your ass that night is because I was scared. My mama had to come pick me up from Orlando.
1: <laughs> the only reason I
0: didn't beat your ass that night. Then I should have beat your ass. We went to a game after we graduated. Columbia was playing Mies. and uh, they went and broke for a score, and I jumped up in the air, and you were celebrating. You, you, I mean, you jumped up in the air at the same time. But you got to push me forward. So I fell down out of the stands in front of everybody. Hit the ground so hard that my contacts came out of my eyes.
1: And I just, I, I feel like
0: sometimes you 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 put some aggression on me and, and I, I got to I gotta fight you for that. Well, we can get some Speaking. boxes of one of these days. Boy, I'd knock you down in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> Those who's supposed to get that reference to get that reference. Yeah, I so, got <laughs> you, you. You got the reference. Um, so let's think it out. when you left school, you went off to college, right? Um, yeah. I tell I tell our friends that um, outside of Julian Kenji, because he wasn't my friend until after that. But our, in my opinion, our greatest mistake was not going to FAMU. And I at one point, we that. we had it all lined up until whatever happened with Coach Green. And you end up going off to what was it Miles College?
1: No, it was down the road from Miles at Selma in Selma, Alabama. at recorded college. So what was that? What was that like, like playing
0: NAIA? I think it was NAIA. Where was it D two? It was NAIA. What was that like
1: doing NAIA away
0: from home, out of state? Um, social media wasn't what it was. Technology wasn't what it was. You and I would talk all the time, and you'd be like, "I'm coming home," but like, you can't come home like I tried to keep you there for as long as possible um what was that like
1: and that was rough man that was that was rough and tough just just not on me just on my on my mom too you know you're going on NAIA. you know they promise you you would get a full scholarship you get out there you get 50 percent and then you got to take out of Salome. she she one of the most disrespectful women i know <laughs> if you know Salome you didn't know what I'm talking about but um, man, it was tough man going up there I, mean, you, I played the last two years I was starring at a, one of the top high schools in the country not alone the state of Florida you get up there and, and Salma, Alabama was just nothing there um, And you, and basically you get overlooked by my Alabama kids, just because the coach is from Birmingham, and it was tough, man. It was mentally tough on me. Really, you know, I I question myself that I love football anymore. Once I was there, I didn't know if I love football, and that was the ultimate reason why I came back home because I I just fell out of love with it.
0: So you re you re. What's the word I want to use? You redirected your love, right? Mm -hmm. You end up, Big Al gets the head coaching job at Richardson, and somehow we look up and we're on the coaching staff. Uh, That was the beginning of your coaching journey, which I think
1: looking now, that's got to be what, 10 years ago? Yeah, 10 years ago. I think 2000 and you graduated 2008, I said 2010, 2011.
0: It was, it was, I, I think it was 2010. 2010-2011 2010-2011 and so how, how has that journey been for me because just as one as a coach um, I, I said it when I reflected on TC coaching against you has you. always been fun not because I'm some great X's and O's mind but because I know you and so I know your tendencies and any day we were both at practice I think the kids knew that it was more intense than the game because I, I just
1: I think looking back on it man I think that first year we was at Richardson it wasn't that good, you know. We had only thing we had was Edge Woods and, and, and it was rough. But um just looking back over it and the growth that I made from 2010 to now, it just I just say unbelievable. I think Trey Hoffman said that every time we um a referee made a bad call, unbelievable. But I look back at it and it was it's been an unbelievable ride that I've had. You know, learning from Coach Al how to be organized, how to be a coach. You know, hats off to him. I think he he really mentored me on how to be a coach. And I, I, each year, I look to better myself. Each year, if it's by the win total, or by yardage, I try to I try to outdo the previous year every year. And I think we got on a streak. Um, I want to say year two, year three. I don't know. We had that left-handed kid, Jordan Smith. I think he just, he took over everything for us. So, but,
0: because even now, like you're taking kids um, out of your own time, out of your own money, out of your own pocket. I, I know the journey started with your nephew who is at uh, South Carolina, right?
1: Yeah, so. Um,
0: seeing him play wide receiver and tight end and doing it all. And you all like did the gauntlet. You ran the gauntlet. If it's a big program, you went there with the recruiting side.
1: hmm So with the recruiting, go ahead, Nuke. No, go ahead. Well with the with the recruiting, you know, I after I got into, you know, middle school football, middle school AAU basketball, I started to see I would just I was common to have, like, you got to have players, you know, and that's what those colleges want. They want players. And now um, it started with AU basketball. Like I said, I had right now out of, out of 15 kids, 10 of those kids are playing Division One football. So I was like, I asked myself, I'm in the wrong profession, huh? You know, I'm coaching AU basketball I'm winning national championships two years in a row. But, you know, none of those kids went to school to want to go to school to play basketball. I said, well, I'm doing something wrong. So next thing you know, my nephew started blowing up in Valdosta. Um, I went to every visit with him. Just not because not something for me. It was more of him. And I think I think I knew how to talk to the coaches. Once I get there, like, we can speak the same language. And um let's say no, Jordan Smith, Marquez Bell, TJ Jones. I remember when me and TJ went to Florida and we went straight to Dan Mullen office. You know, we bypassed a lot of recruits, five star, four stars. And they begged me to get TJ Jones the commit. I can't make him do that. He do that on the go. he um, ended up not committing to him, going to Penn State. But I think. I think that's my revenue now, that's my avenue. As in, being like a recruiter coordinator for kids. And I don't do it for clout. I don't do it for no, no money. I do it because that was my love to get back into the game of football. You know, I can coach it, but when you see kids that you know that grow up on the same streets that you grew up in Lake City, Florida, Uh, In the same community, as you get those opportunities, you know, I just tell them my story, you know, about losing friends, losing brothers. Man, growing up with a single mom, no dad. Man, y'all can change your generation for years to come if you stick at it, you know. I think every kid that I'm gravitated to is still playing college ball to this day. Know if they don't make it to the NFL or not, they're going to get a degree. And that's the end goal, you know, is to get a degree, get a good high-paying job to take care of your family, you know. Don't settle for what your parents went through or what you see your homeboys or friends doing now. Don't settle for that. And I think that's the main thing. That's the main thing I push for for the kids, you know.
0: So do you think you do that because – we didn't have anybody that did that there in in Columbia before, before Brian. And and now that uh, first off shout out to him for uh, doing the success he had in his 10 year, 10 years versus anybody's 10 years um, at a high level of success. And now progressing on to something else to use his talents. Can't wait to have him on and talk about that. But before BA got there, nobody really, to travel right um are, are pressed kids to push beyond the need if you think about how much talent is sitting there I was looking the other day at how many kids from Lake City actually made it to the NFL <laughs> and to think and well hell I'll say it outside of Timmy Jernigan and Laramie Tunsil everybody else that made it to the uh, Renard maybe outside of those three Everybody else that made it to the NFL, there's somebody that's come through the docket that's been better. Shane, Shane Edge, I'd give those four because Shane went for punting and he's in the UF Hall of Fame, Ring of Honor, so I can't do that. So, Timmy, Laramie, Renard, and Shane, outside of them, there's probably somebody that's come through the gauntlet that's been better than anybody else that we put in the NFL. Hell, anybody else that we really put in college and that's saying something because we produce talent. Do you think it's been a lack of somebody honing in and saying, hey, this is, um, this is how you get there?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, growing up, even when we was in school, I can't speak for the past, but I know even when we was in school, not four-year tenure at Columbia, we didn't have nobody pushing us like that. You know, shout out to AD Farmer and Cap Jernican. You know, they just take us to the Florida, Florida State camp. But um, outside of that, it was nobody really pushing us or sending film, emailing coaches. It was nobody that I know of to this day that done that back then, you know. And once I got in coaching and seen how connected I was, yes, yes, it wasn't social media, Twitter wasn't around. Maybe if Twitter was around, it had been different. But, you know, Twitter's around. College Coaches is on Twitter, you have to promote your players because at the end of the day, this is what they love to do, you know? And God forget, everybody knows every kid can't go to play division one, football, basketball, baseball, softball, et cetera. But it's schools like in the NAIA, division three, division two, division one, AA, you know, it's those conferences, and there's a lot of schools out there. You know, you just got to be realistic in today's time with the kids because every kid got a dream to go play for Florida State, go play for Florida, the Alabamas, but it don't, it don't work like that. You know, those college coaches like what they like, you know. And, for example, I'm on fourth, I'm on vacation now, and I told myself I ain't taking no phone calls from coaches, but Georgia texts me, and, you know, they text about two of our kids, and they didn't like them, you know? They said, we don't love them. We like them, but we don't love them, you know? And that just goes on to let you know that everybody ain't love the same. So I try to be realistic with a kid. You know, if your kid is six foot defense in, I, if you don't does nothing exceptional, it's gonna be hard to push you division one, you know? we don't have to look into another revenue or another avenue as division two, II, division three, Definitely got high academics, so I think that's my field. I learned that that had been that's a passion for me. Um, if you look at my Twitter, I follow and my followers. I follow about just about every coach in the country, definitely in the Southeast region. There ain't too many kids gonna go too far away. Uh, so I try to follow most kids, most coaches from Florida, from Georgia to Tennessee, South Carolina. Because those are the coaches, I know our kids ain't going too far, you know. So, I just try to be realistic with the kids, man. I wish we'd have had somebody like me 10, 11 years ago, you know. Like you say, we have so many talent that didn't look enough. We had a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas, you know. I think we had one that graduated with us, Newt. You know, I think he the best all-around player that I, I had ever had the pleasure of. Playing with and Daryl Underwood, you know yeah. he went to I think he went to Jones Miss Jones Community College. Yeah, you know, and hands down, I feel like he was one of the better kids I played with. Tiger Powell, I uh, still to this day the best running back I've seen in the Columbia uniform. So, you know,
0: there was so much, so much, so much talent. So our junior year. So much talent, so much talent that uh, uh, you, you got. Daryl's on that team. Martinez is on that team. Macon is on that team. Randolph is on that team. Uh, Renee is on that team. Samson Genus is on that. Dennis is on that team. Levi McFatter is on that team. Clee uh, is on that team. And he probably um, was the best one on the team. <laughs> I mean, we, we could keep. Uh, 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 Carswell was on that team if he could have stayed. Could have stayed healthy like that. That we had so much talent um, that if we could go back and get that one back and, and go back to our junior year, um, if we were healthy, we we would have won state. But at the end of the season, everybody was everybody was hurt. There wasn't a person that wasn't hurt. Like that's part exactly. of football. So now you're looking at you're looking at because I'm, I'm watching you grow. Um, I'm I'm proud of the man that that you uh, that you grow that you've grown into and that you're growing into. So you talked about being raised by a single mom, um, but you are one hell of a dad. And you're not the dad that's just um, there for pictures. You're, you're not the dad that's just there for for clout. Um what, what does that mean for you now, having helped mold some minds, having mold some minds. There's a lot of talent right now on the team, but they, they need some mind molding. Um, what does that mean for you now when you look at your two boys and your little girl um to, to feel the shoes that you didn't have?
1: Uh, well now when I first found out I had having a child, you know, that's the first thing I thought about, you know, because I don't care what nobody say. going up with a dad I always gonna have a mental thing, mental breakdown on a on the ch- on a man, you know, child, man, you know, you're growing up, and you don't have your biological father in your life, that's that's traumatize you for years to come. You know, some people won't even get over that. So when I look at my child, I look at my dad, you know, and that just tell and it tells me to, to do better. You know, do better than what he done, you know. Um I love, I love my three kids, like, let's know tomorrow, you know. So I raised them, you know, I try to. I raised them to try to be the best version of, the best, a better version of me, you know, because at the end of the day, I want them to be better than me. So, and then my mom, man, my mom was a correction officer. She still is to the day a sergeant at the youthful offender camp, and, you know, that's my rock. And I, I try to instill all the stuff she instilled in me growing up, I try to steer them into my, my three children, you know. Cause I and I see a lot of people that's not in their kids' life now that cause I cope, so hell, I feel like I do more than they for their child than they do, you know. And I want my children to know that, you know, that I love them and I'm I'm there for them. Every day, I talk to them either not once a day or it's gonna be three or four times a day. We are gonna Facetime, you know, because I, you know, I don't want them to feel like my my dad ain't there, or uh, my dad don't love them. And we have to love our children, man. I, I I can't see life without them, and I don't, I really don't see how a man live their life. Not going, not talking with their children for weeks at a time. Like, I just, I can't respect that. Uh, shout out to you. You know, you're a hell of a father yourself. You know, you, you stepped in the gap most men won't step in. You know, you raised a kid now that's off to college. And kudos to you. You know, that's something you didn't have to do. You know, but man. I,
0: I love him. We just got, we got back from orientation and he's ready to leave. And the whole time we were touring family's campus, I was like, God, I'm not going to live vicariously through my kids. And I'm so happy that he is going to do something that I should have. He would have done it anyway. His mama is just um, outrageously phenomenal. And and um, she was doing a hell of a job before I stepped in. And a lot of the times I, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I knocked the rhythm off, but um, I'm blessed to have them in my life. So let's let end it here because you're on vacation. I'm uh, I'm I'm on a working vacation. Um, I always like to end the perspective like this, you know. Um, and and this is harder for me to ask. <laughs> this is harder for me to ask you because hell, we, we have lost a lot of friends. Um, we've had a we've had a lot of tough uh, tough, tough moments um and and anytime like people think that's a joke anytime before you anytime you call me before eight o'clock i freak out if you call me before eight o'clock in the morning i freak the freak out because i'm like okay what's going on now but if there was one last piece of um information if there was one last piece of wisdom that you could leave in the world if, if something were to happen to you and i played this back for your children um, what would be one piece of, of wisdom that you would impart that
1: you um, would want out there? One, for one, and you know, the alphabet this ever do happen, you know, um, I want to tell my kids, you know, that I love them and I'm proud of them, you know. And, and one I want to leave with, man, is that I get it, I get this quote from Malcolm Pollock, you know, a dear good friend of mine. You know, I wanna leave this quote of, of wisdom, you know, a workers work, you know. And when you think of that, in anything you do in life, you got to work for it. You know, we said it before every game, basketball game at Swan High it's work is workers' work. And you know, that's a, that's a quote of wisdom I wanna use, lead back to whoever listening. Um, for my kids it's work is work you know continue working for everything you want because nothing in life is going to be given to you you know so you if you're a coach you work hard work hard for your, for your student athletes you're a principal work hard for your school if you're a janitor work hard and clean it on floors, because ain't nobody else going to do it. You know, you're doing it for a reason. Man, and that's my quote of wisdom is work is work. You know, I think when Coach Malcolm read it, listen to this, and hear this quote, work is work, he going to have a smile on his face because work is work. You know, we don't ask nobody to do nothing for us, so we're going to work for it ourselves. And uh, that's the last thing I want to leave on this podcast today is work is work. I might need to go get that hashtag and see if it's it a business out there that got that quote yet.
0: Oh, well, this is—it's uh, been a pleasure having you on. I hear fireworks on my end and fireworks on your end, and uh, let's go, let's go celebrate uh, this country. That's it ain't perfect, but it's ours, right?
1: Yes, sir. Um, it ain't perfect. We all we ain't we all ain't perfect in life, so you know. All right. but uh.
0: This has been another episode of The Perspective. Until next week, I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. (sighs)